You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Let us pray. Forgive the sins of the preacher, Lord, for they are many. And we ask that you send your Holy Spirit to do what only your Holy Spirit can do. Show us our need for Jesus and give him to us. Amen. Preaching from John 14, 15 through 21. So if you're feeling all the crazy discomforts of quarantine like I am, well, this sermon is for you. It's a timely word. It's a word that Jesus gives about the comfort and presence of his Holy Spirit. And I offer it to you today. But before we get there, when we first hit this passage, we hit a hurdle And that hurdle doesn't sound like a word of comfort. It actually sounds like the opposite. Because we hear Jesus say something that kind of turns our head. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It kind of sounds like me to my kids. I don't know, like every day during quarantine, if you want screen time today, your room better be clean. Or if you value waking up in the morning and breathing air, you better stop complaining to me or I'm going to send you to the Pearson's house where they have lots of animals. It really is like a literal zoo over there. And those animals will bite you and scare you. So please listen to me, right? This kind of if-then statement. And so we hear Jesus say, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And it sounds like a hook. It almost sounds maybe like a threat But two things we need to keep in mind that might help us to hear this a little bit differently. The first is that in this passage are echoes of something in the Old Testament that would have been ringing in the minds of the Jewish listeners who knew their Bible well, who knew their prophets well. Because in Ezekiel, one chapter before the Valley of Dry Bones is Ezekiel 36. Now leading up to this glorious passage about the new covenant in Ezekiel 36, Israel uh, has been chastised by God for disobeying and breaking God's law. So commandment breaking, law breaking was already on the minds of those listening. And then Ezekiel starts talking about a new covenant. And this is what he says about the new covenant. I, God, will sprinkle clean water on you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And then this is the part we need to pay attention to when we're listening to Jesus talk about the law and talk about the Holy Spirit. God says this in Ezekiel 36. I will put my spirit in you, and my spirit will move you to keep my laws and keep my decrees. That's a comforting word in Ezekiel. And so when we hear the law connected to the Holy Spirit here in this passage, that might give us pause not to hear this as a hook, not to hear this as a threat, but something else. But there's one other thing, and it's something that Andrew talked about last week when he was preaching on the earlier part of this text. You know, we're jumping into this passage midstream. Jesus has been talking to the disciples already, and he actually begins in chapter 14 with this kind of headline. And this headline is something that we need to pay attention to if we're wanting to hear the tenor of these words. And the headline is this, let your hearts not be troubled. So whatever you hear in this command from Jesus or this if-then statement from Jesus Jesus intends for it to be a word of comfort. And so I might offer this rendering as a way of hearing this and the text that follows at the very end of our passage. 
When you found love in me, you'll find yourself keeping my commandments because I've asked my Father and he will give you a helper, my Holy Spirit. Now this title for the Holy Spirit, Helper, gets translated in a bunch of different ways in English. You open up an English translation and you're bound to find three or four different kinds. And I like them all. They kind of show that this word is multivalent in Greek. But one of my favorite translations is one that was favored by the 16th century English reformers like Thomas Cranmer and William Tyndale who translated the Bible. And this word, this title for the Holy Spirit is comforter. This passage, therefore, is not for our fear, but for our comfort. And don't we all need a little bit of comfort in this incredibly uncomfortable, discomforting time of quarantine? You want to know what's uncomfortable? Trying to breathe through a heavy cloth cloth mask in public, or forgetting that mask, and then feeling the beams of judgment of everyone else in the supermarket. You're killing us all. You're the reason, right? You want to know what's uncomfortable? Six strong-willed members of the Hicks household gathered in one home that at one time we thought was totally big, but each day feels a little bit smaller. You want to know what's uncomfortable? Being a single person, alone in your house, with no real means of meaningful face-to-face interaction. You want to know what's uncomfortable? Being a teenager with no way of getting away from your parents. Or being in a nursing home on complete lockdown, or wondering whether the next grocery item you bring into your home from the outside is ushering in a microscopic murderer into your house, or already struggling with your mental health in normal conditions, but then being thrown into this craziness, or the mind-numbing insanity of not even being able to make simple plans. And into this craziness, our Lord stands before you and me today, sheltered in our homes, and he gives us the most freeing word. You're not alone. You have a helper. You have a comforter. And join me in asking Jesus today, what is so comforting about the presence of the Holy Spirit? Jesus points to two things, his permanence and his power. So first, his permanence. Verse 16 says, The Father will give you another helper to be with you forever. Forever. Permanence. I know not a few people who mix their loneliness with a kind of fear-based relational anxiety. They're perpetually worried about permanence. They approach relationships based on a guarded skepticism that often keeps them from finding the relational fusion with others that leads to intimacy that we all crave and all need as human beings made by a relational God. And what's at the root of this fear of intimacy? What if they leave me? What if I find out something about them that I don't like? What if they find out something about me that they don't like? It paralyzes the possibility of deep friendship. It paralyzes the possibility of romantic relationships. This fear of non-permanence. And in the face of all that fear, Jesus comes to you and he makes a promise. Not a hopeful word, not wishful thinking, but a promise. He will 
give you another helper. And that helper will be with you forever. You have been promised the permanent presence of the Holy Spirit. You are promised right now the permanent presence of the Holy Spirit. But maybe at this point there's an elephant in the room for you. If the Holy Spirit is always permanently in me and with me as a Christian, as a believer, how come I don't feel him? How do I actually know that he's there? Where do I find him? And the answer actually isn't as confusing or as difficult as we might think. Yes, Jesus taught earlier in a place like John 3 that the Holy Spirit is mysterious. We don't know which way he blows in his salvation of us. But there's also clear teaching right here that makes it pretty obvious. And one of the things we need to think about is the fact that the Holy Spirit, according to the Bible, is still a person. And so we might ask the question, how do I find connection with, relationship with, the presence of another person. What do I do? Well, we think about being in their physical presence, and yes, the Holy Spirit is a spirit, so that's not possible. But have you noticed, even in this time of quarantine, that we can experience people's presence, even when not being physically present? What makes for that sense of being present with someone else? It's actually when you hear their voice. It's actually when you talk to them, and they talk to you. And that actually makes it pretty simple if we think about experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you want to experience the Spirit's presence, you go to where his voice is. You go to where he speaks. And Christians and the Bible have historically answered, where do we go to hear the Spirit's voice? In three ways among many more, principally. And they're kind of in this order. First, the scriptures. Then prayer. And then fellowship with other believers. We go to the Bible to hear the Spirit's voice. So if you're craving and yearning for fellowship with God, go to the Bible and the Spirit will speak. But praying too, as we read the scriptures, as we pray and talk to God is a means of dialoguing with that same Holy Spirit. And then finally get this. When we're believers, the Holy Spirit enters us, which means as I encounter another believer, another child of God. I'm also encountering the presence of the Holy Spirit in them. And as I minister the word to you, and you minister the word to me, we are experiencing and encountering that very presence of the Holy Spirit because we're hearing his voice. Now, when we go to these places to experience the permanent presence of the Holy Spirit, what can we expect to hear him say? What should our ears be primed for? What shape will this comfort take? What should we be listening for? This leads us to our second point in this passage. We've talked about the Spirit's permanence. Now let's talk about the Spirit's power. The Holy Spirit's power is in how forcefully he bonds you to Jesus and ushers you to the Father. We need to think of the Holy Spirit kind of like the flex seal of the Trinity. I mean, have you seen those infomercials for Flex Seal? It's this magical tape that if there's a crack in the hull of your boat, all you do is slap this tape on and it bonds that hole together and you can throw that boat in the water and it won't leak. And the same thing is true of the many roles of the Holy Spirit. One of them is this, to bond you to Jesus Christ in such an inseparable way that, listen to this, wherever Jesus goes, you go. 
And wherever you go, Jesus goes. It's what helps us to make sense of strange passages, like when Paul talks about us right now being seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Who is that? That's the Holy Spirit connecting us and placing us in Christ. But that also means that as you and I go about our day-to-day lives, the Spirit is with us, bonding us to Jesus Christ himself. The power of the Holy Spirit is so strong that he has bonded you to Jesus, sealed you to Jesus, such that in Paul's words, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor present nor future, nor anything else to come, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus by the sealing of the Holy Spirit. In our passage in John 14 here, Jesus uses the language actually of family to describe the strength of this sealing of the Spirit. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. You will know that I am in my Father and you in me. You see, the Holy Spirit is with you particularly to remind you and say to you and preach to you that you, bound to Christ, are God's adopted daughter. That you, bound to Christ, are God's adopted son. I once heard a pastor use this analogy, and I think it's a good one. Imagine if Abby and I, my wife and I, are at home preparing for dinner. She's cooking, and I'm setting the table And our kids are kind of around getting ready for the thing. And then suddenly we get a knock on the door. I go to the door. I open the door. It's a stranger. It's this random teenager. And this teenager says, hey, my name's Jacob. You don't know me. But I was walking by your house and I looked inside. I saw that you were preparing dinner. And actually the smell was kind of wafting onto the sidewalk. And I thought, this looks pretty good. And I was wondering if I could come in and eat dinner with you. Now, if I were a good Christian, which I'm not, I would say, of course you can come in. Entertaining strangers is like entertaining angels unaware. So come on in, but I'm not a good Christian. What would I say in that moment? Get off my porch. I don't know who you are. I've never seen you before. I don't know what you're up to. And you know what? You might got the Rona. So I don't want you in my house, right? So get away from me. Now imagine the same scenario. I get a knock on the door. And at the door is this kid, but this kid's not alone. He actually, around his shoulder is the arm of my son, Joel. And when I open the door, Joel says, hey, this is my friend Jacob. You haven't met him yet. We hang out at school a bunch. Um, But, you know, he and I are friends. And I was wondering if he could come in and eat dinner with us. Now, what would I say to Joel and to Jacob? I'd say, of course. Any friend of yours is a friend of mine, and he's welcome at our table. I know you. I practically know him. He can come on in and eat with us. Friends, so it is with the fellowship of the Father through the Son by the Spirit. You see, when the Holy Spirit bonds us to Jesus, Jesus puts his arm around us so that wherever he goes, you go. Wherever you go, he goes. And where does Jesus go? Jesus goes into the presence of the one who created the universe And Jesus goes without blemish. Jesus goes with full perfection. Jesus goes with sinlessness in a way that you and I on our own could never go. 
Because apart from Christ, you and I are strangers, we're aliens, we're far away, we're enemies of God. But in Christ, because of who Jesus is and what he's done, by the merits of the fact that Jesus is the Son of the Father, we, you and I, are ushered in and we're no longer orphans. We're friends, we're brothers, such that whatever the Father says about the Son, well done, my good and faithful servant, in you I am well pleased. The Father says about you and about me. You are welcomed into the arms of the Father. So if you're wondering today, if God loves you, if he's for you, the Holy Spirit is there to remind you that he's bonded you to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is here right now to say, look to the one that I bonded you to. His name is Jesus Christ. He's all that you need. He's everything. So receive today afresh, cutting through all the discomforts and uncertainties of quarantine, the comfort of the permanent power of the Holy Spirit. Christ for you forever. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.